the podcast within me. Was a school of magic rhymes It prophesied the mystic nights The true young heroes brave and bright Then the dark forces came Brought the people endless pain Now the children have no fear Cause they know the mystic nights are here Bonjour, it's Common Ride with me Episode 73, it is our St. Patrick's Day special, hence the bonjour. Uh, and I am very glad to be joined by Steph as usual, but also some guests from the Rangers Plane podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Jules and by Ashley. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I probably should have actually introduced you in order, not just all at once. Uh. <laughs> Too late now. You've done it. <laughs> it's done. It's over. It's, over. <laughs> it's chaos season here. Common Rider 3. But no, um, about a week before this episode, like, I was just like, huh, we're covering Mystic Knights of Tear to Nog. I should just message Rangers Plane. That's kind of their shit <laughs> as a group. Called out. Called yeah, out. Yeah, well, but I mean, you Def- just did like VR Troopers, right? So yeah, yeah. we just uh, we're about to start uh, watching Ninja Storm. But yeah, we just did VR Troopers and we typically do, uh, you know, rate. Power Rangers is obviously our thing, but we definitely do typically look at Amer- Ameritoku as it's sometimes called. Yeah, because we've yeah, done... Yeah, like a meritocracy. Yeah, we've done Master Rider. Um, we've done uh, VR Troopers. Uh, I know next year we do have a, like, a break in the summer plan where we watch Los Luchadores, which was mm-hmm. not yeah. quite Ameritoku, but it's close enough that we're counting it. Um, and then Mystic Knights is actually on our... Um, on our watch list for, I think, 2022? <laughs> yeah, 2022 is where we're going to probably be tackling this. Right yeah, and Beetleborgs at some point, but we are holding that off as long as we can. Yeah, I saw your watch list at some point, and I was like, this is planned out very far. So I, <laughs> I felt fairly confident uh, for this one, because I know like you're still doing... There's a lot of like Power Rangers left for you to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So much Power Rangers. 30, like 30 years worth of Power Rangers. Yeah. Though we should be caught up to Dino Fury by the time it's over, so yay. Yay. <laughs> I guess if it takes like two years like normal, yeah, you will. Super Dino Fury, Mega Dino Fury. Yeah. I actually do like Mega Dino Fury. Yeah, that works. I like that. And um, not to be forgotten, I'm glad that you are both back and okay, Steph, after last week. Thank you. Yeah, that was a, that was a hell of an experience, man. See Everybody makes fun of Texas because we don't know how to handle snow, but this is why we don't know how to handle snow. Our entire state shuts down when something happens. <laughs> I mean, it no, seems that was like that was scary. greater circumstances than usual, so... It definitely was. Like, we were without power for, like, 30 hours at one point. It was crazy. Jeez. Yeah, that's not good at all. But it's back up into, like, the 70s now, so it, 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 this state is a sick fuck. I, I don't even know what to do with my life. It's your space to vent or not want to talk about it, but yeah. Like... <laughs> no, that's that's as much as I'll say because it was all over the news anyway, so I feel like it would just be boring. But yeah, it was it was frustrating, but I am very happy to be back. Yeah. It's like, 
there were other things that that I think were wrong with the situation, but I wish people would realize, no, the South does not know how to handle snow. We don't have the equipment for it because it's something that rarely fucking happens. Yeah, and when it does, for us at least, it's usually ice. It's not snow, so. Right. It just, it kills everything. That is what got me when uh, my dad moved to Texas. He lives in like Fayetteville, I think. Was he? He would just be like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna ice over tonight." And I'm like, "There's ice in Texas." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I wrecked a new car thanks to the ice in oh. Texas once a couple oh. of years oh, no. ago. So, oh, <laughs> oh, that's bad. No, um, and like something too is like, it's easy to forget how barely places pay for infrastructure to begin with so it's just like oh we'll just get ice like seven days in a year they won't do any of the pay like a lot of places have like messed up like snow plows and stuff that get snow every year and like are like anticipating that you know so like mm-hmm. in a place where they can get away with not planning <laughs> they're not gonna plan yeah that's exactly it yeah that is a uh, the price of freedom Oh, God. Uh, I feel like you're trying to open Pandora's box here, Kip. No. Uh, <laughs> so there's another Pandora's box that is important. Um, I've slowly been trying to like whittle away at it um, across God and Ride with me and, and like trying to like make it understood. So, um, so Steph, uh, know how there are like certain sports teams like the Mets that are kind of like not great traditionally as far as like how much they win or how well they do, but they have really hardcore, long-suffering fans. Yeah, and they always have some kind of really intense rivalry. I want to tell you about this uh, one brand called TNA. Okay. And uh, so Rangers playing crew. Uh, <laughs> uh, wrestling TNA Mets fans. Um, you are long-suffering wrestling fans. Unfortunately, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just... um. I've been trying to like explain wrestling fandom um, and I just love how into like Christopher Daniels you are and like Motor City Machine Guns and just like, oh, there's some real like long suffering like energy there. It is definitely long suffering to be a Christopher Daniels fan. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's still going at 50. Um, He's going to be 51 this month, actually, and he's been wrestling since like the 90s. That's wild, That's yeah. Insane. And he had he had hair at one point. And that was also very wild. And I like I recently found out he he actually almost did go to WCW. Like they did sign him despite the match he was in. He kind of hurt himself. Uh, but WCW didn't tank, so I guess he got picked up by TNA eventually. Yeah, just imagine that alternate universe where he ended up at WCW. Oh my goodness. He was small enough where I'm wondering if like he just would have been like a weird like joke character. Like he would have been like, how much hair did he have at the time? Because that would. <laughs> it, this was like right, right before he shaved. So not much. And what he did have, he decided to make like a bleach fade of. Like it's super bad. Let me see if I can get like a, a patchy of Seth it. Rollins kind of thing. Like oh, early days. It's worse than that. It's worse than that. Let me let me see if I can find a picture and I'll put it in the general. I should note, I get sent every picture that Jules finds of like <laughs> Christopher Daniels' cursed hair times. That's fantastic. He, he's a very pleasant man, by the way. He is. <laughs> he's like a like shaved headed man um, who has like an ink tattoo on his chest. 
Um, because of his character too, which is this is just like that's hardcore. Commitment to the bit. And um latter day he like tends to do the SCU kind of like marching band like thing where he comes out with the microphone. But like back in the day he was the follow what Christopher Daniels. Uh, no. I will actually point out that that's actually a Freddie Mercury reference with the microphone, <laughs> though I think like the, the other thing is just like I know you're trying to be Freddie, but it comes out black parade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then the general, and then I'll I'll get a picture of him now. But no, the reason like I like um bring up that is that like I'm like trying to like uh explain how cool it is to be like a wrestling fan right now. Is it's it also sucks, but it's like that. That's what being like a fan of wrestling is like very cool. You're like, oh, what's uh what's this promotion? Who are these people? And like can meet so many cool characters, like so many cool people, and you're like, oh, this is great on so many levels and then there's also like that whole like bit of like you're watching people in real time try and succeed and do things and like it's just um someone like christopher for daniels is like the perfect example of like um the favorite like maybe not like never got like the big movie deal or whatever but also like has consistently just been incredible across like I also like noticed with Christopher Daniels that he typically is a uh, wrestler's wrestler, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of rest, like if if you talk to a wrestler and they say, uh, "Who's your favorite?" Uh, they often say Christopher Daniels of like the '90s and stuff. Whereas like a, a like a, a fan, and this is no no judgment on fans. It's just like uh, a fan will probably go with like a more well known name. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is more a judgment on wrestlers because wrestlers tend to be like so soaked up in the knowledge. I know the indie wrestler Warhorse, he used to actually, before he just yelled on Twitter, which is great, uh, but he used to just post like threads and stuff about like the carny days of wrestling, and it was kind of neat. What are the carny days of wrestling? I mean, like, like when it was all carnival based. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just like it- they had like a carny barker talk, like bring you into the show and stuff yeah when it was legit run by carnies not just people (laughs) who act like carnies yeah (laughs) i love that description no and people do be do be really acting like carnies though um there's a lot of stuff with um just the way people get like i don't even know how to talk about like modern like cardiism in wrestling but where there's a dollar to be found it's taken um like there's like it was a lot of stuff in the past year about like um third party like websites and streaming and like deals for like people that work for the the wwe for example where it like just turned into this whole mess of like very clear like if there was the money for like a lawsuit there should be but there just like isn't like the like workers the workers power to do it so it's just like a whole yeah a lot of like bad cardiism and wrestling is all I'll yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about um the Rangers playing like crews. I can be like, oh, so what do you think of um Christopher Daniels and Amy Joe Johnson? And they'll have things to say. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good. good. But no, um, so my life lately has been just like getting into Tokyo Joshi Pro and like 90s all Japan. And keeping up with like impact and like AEW, but um, there's a lot of stuff. But um, like I have to ask, um, has anyone else like had like a really good like um thing they've been looking at like movies, TVs, like games, or in the past little while they haven't talked about? Um, I I've 
Uh, well, I've been going through or but we lit it. We've literally like compiled a, a watch. Like me and my partner have compiled a watch list of stuff we have been watching, and I've been trying to get back into watching Star Trek, which I I I'm liking watching that I'm older now. But we're also like picking away at older movies, and uh, I've finally seen Eraserhead, and I fucking love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're the only person I've ever heard say I fucking love a racer head. I'll uh, actually Kirk, agree Kirk there. Would say that too, my partner. Well, There's a lot of people who love a racer head. It's just, you know, I'm being crass about it. Right. No, There's it's dozens more, of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, like most everybody else in on Twitter, I've been um I was watching WandaVision like every week uh when it was coming out. Um I've also been watching the Muppet show. Well, um, basically, I get off like late at night after I get off of work. So that sort of also taken up my life. Muppet shows. I've been also t- taking away the Muppet show. I-, I forgot what Vincent Price sounded like last night. <laughs> and also like that entire episode was great. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> like that episode and the Paul Williams episode in season one are just absolutely like master classes. I always like seeing Paul Williams and hearing his voice. Yeah, he's, he's a delightful man. And like, I'm I'm very glad that he's like gotten sober and can get the recognition he deserves uh, at this point in his life. Yeah. Which is, which is funny. Like the, the time I was introduced, that is definitely Paul Williams. I'm not talking about the time I watched like Dexter's lab and he was in it. Cause I didn't know that was him was uh, Phantom of the paradise. And he plays an asshole in that. It's true. Swan is the biggest asshole. And like, the funny thing is, is that people, it, my typical, whenever somebody asks like, oh, what's a double feature you would recommend? I'm like, Phantom of the Paradise and Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which sounds like That's, it wouldn't work. Huh. But like <laughs> Edgar Wright has specifically talked about how his two biggest inspirations for Scott Pilgrim versus the world were Phantom of the Paradise and Kung Fu Hustle. And especially with the way he wrote, um, not Swan. He based how he wrote Gideon Graves in the movie based on Swan from Phantom of the Paradise. Interesting. Yeah. Because, um, like, if you read the comic, like, Gideon kind of has a very different personality that he does in the movie. And that's partially because Edgar Wright wrote him basically to be Swan from Phantom of the Paradise. But also, like, um, the sixth book came out the same year as the movie uh, for Scott Pilgrim. And basically, when they were working on the movie, only the first three volumes were out. So they had like a uh, they had like an outline of what um, what Brian Leo Malley, a rough outline of what Brian Leo Malley wanted to do with the last three. Uh, so that's why like the first half of the movie is like a pretty good adaptation of like the first three books, and then the second half of the movie is like kind of doing whatever it wants with the last three. <laughs> I can't wait for Scott Pilgrim like Brotherhood. Like, it's gonna be great. I think. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I, I, I just, just I kind of want like right. an animated series of just like more like a more quote quote faithful adaptation of Scott Pilgrim. Do you think that could? Do you think it's the responsibility of, or that it would be able to kind of like talk to some of the residual? Uh, shrapnel from like Ramona flowers and like the psyche of like people online. Cause that's a whole just like, I, it sucks the way that like, um, 
that kind of became like tarnished like that. I'm not sure how much of that was like just in the text and not realized. It's hard, you know, to like really know if that kind of thing. That's the thing is that a lot of people don't get that the whole point of Scott Pilgrim is that Scott is an asshole and that he's got to learn to not be an asshole. <laughs> well, the movie ends with him <laughs> meeting his darkest self and becoming friends with them. So that's a little. Yeah, I, I that's love the, something. Weird. I, OK, I love the movie. I think it's a really bad adaptation of the comic. <laughs> um, and I, I, I know that sounds weird to say because like, I, but it's just like, no, the movie is just like I said, it's a really great adaptation in the first three in the beginning. But then when you get towards the end and they were like, they didn't have a full idea. And I, but yeah, it also kind of glorifies Scott in a way. And it's like, no, if you actually read the comic, like uh, the whole journey of it is Scott is realizing that he's a, you know, he's a 22 year old asshole and he's got to learn to be less of that in order to become, in order to grow up and become a decent, a halfway decent person, which is, that's a recurring theme in Brian Lee O'Malley's work. Uh, Cause if you, seconds especially is about, a, like a woman in her thirties learning to be less of an asshole, but yeah, um, I don't, I, I don't know if like kind of addressing the internet controversy with Ramona, uh, would be, I don't know if that needs to come into like a future adaptation of the work because I feel like maybe make it more clear that like Ramona is not yeah. really supposed to be a manic pixie dream girl because like she may be Scott's manic pixie dream girl, but like. You know, as the book progresses, you kind of learn she has her own baggage. So maybe emphasize the fact that she has her own baggage and is her own person. But, you know, even when they did that in 500 Days of Summer, like, people still didn't get it. No, yeah, like, that's more what I was thinking. Because people are notoriously bad at subtext, especially when it comes to, like, female characters. Where it's like, man, why is Skylar such a bitch in, like, Breaking Bad? That kind of thing. It's like, well, no, 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 no. You, you do see what's actually happening in her life with the people around her, right? Like, you do see her having a reasonable reaction to her husband. Maybe it's not, like, to the protagonist of the story, for example, but to her husband, it is, like, a, a like reasonable reaction kind of thing. And I think that's a broader thing. And They'd have to think about it more than they maybe should because of that, but it's hard. Oh, yeah, especially comes across with um, not necessarily Ramona, but Envy in the comics, too, because, like, since you have Scott's perspective and he's a notoriously unreliable narrator that you don't that, you know, envy is automatically the super bad, basically his evil ex. But then like in the last volume, you kind of learn more of like, Oh, well, envy's like, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> and that, you know, there's more to the story there and that how Scott was not, and it's not really absolving envy so much as like saying, well, Scott's uh, Scott's not blameless here either. And he was actually a real dick in their breakup. So, like, yeah. I feel like that would be kind of an important uh, I, I feel like that would kind of be an important exploration to take, especially because the movie never really gets to any of that nuance. <laughs> and it's like it's like, imagine if you had Brie Larson giving that nuance. Oh. <laughs> and she kind of tries a little bit too though she does try a little bit well yeah like she's an oscar winning actress like she's definitely trying one example of something like that is um it's been years since i've like reread them i'm like a big fan of like a song of ice and fire books uh they have a lot of problems but um 
the biggest mistake I think that George R. R. Martin ever made as far as like fandom was he took a question from somebody about um, unreliable narrators and he said, oh, yeah, like this example of when Sansa was an unreliable narrator. And he didn't like make it clear that he meant everybody was unreliable. So people were just like, oh, like Sansa's just like a teenage girl. She's super unreliable. And I hate it because it's clear in like what he says too. And it's just like people are super literal. People are super bad at like critical like reading and thinking. And it's like, no, don't, <laughs> don't just have some <laughs> understanding of like perspective and bias. Yeah. It, it's something I've been talking with Kurt a lot lately about. Uh, my partner a lot lately is just kind of like, I feel like in recent, I feel like in recent years, I guess this is a hot button topic, but I feel like stuff um, doing kind of the movie critic thing on the internet has kind of ruined a lot of movie criticism because people just kind of take a very literal approach to a lot of things. And instead of thinking this might be a metaphor for something or that's clearly not a metaphor for something that's just there. So you get all it's almost anti intellectual. And that word always makes me, uh, but it, it does feel like that. It's like, you're kind of more thinking about the moment or how does, how does this actually work in the universe in terms of a hard sci-fi component? Like, Oh, well the science yeah. has to back that up, you know, instead of kind of, no, this is a fantastical journey that might be a metaphor for the human condition and take that as such. Right. Like um, Palm Springs, I use this as an example when it came out last summer. Um, so Palm Springs is a essentially a time loop movie uh, similar to Groundhog Day where there. So and they kind of explain it that there's this there's this cave that's off to the side of the um, of the land that this wedding is happening at. And whenever somebody walks into the cave, they get caught up in the time loop. And mm -hmm. so, but the movie's not necessarily about the time loop so much as it's the relationship that's created within the time loop itself. And I love Palm Springs. I found it to be a very moving film. But when I, like, basically as soon as the film was over and I was just kind of like, wow, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was also like, oh God, the YouTube explained the ending of, like, community is going to get way into this and totally miss the fact that like the time loop is not the central focus of the film when it's more of like kind of a metaphor for depression and kind of finding yourself stuck in the same rut in your life and how you're how you can try to get out of it and yeah yeah oh, God, I, to me it kind of is like how finally people have realized that avon gillian and even me, there's some extent, Neon Genesis Evangelion is about be like how hard it is, not only depression, but how hard it is to be close to people and how you you can get hurt trying to be close to people. And that's something you got to risk. The Florida Project was like a, a, a like recent movie where like it was just like, oh, my just like the ending isn't literal. <laughs> the ending isn't they literally transported and broke into into like Disney somehow. And there's just a lot of stuff like I hate it, too, where um you'll get one reading of something too, and it'll just like become the canon reading. It's like, no, if somebody just wrote that first or that became popular, that doesn't actually match the text of what's going on. And it could like, could be too literal like, or it could be like, Oh, this person was like, um, to forgive, like, and like use like the word people could use like this person's insane. 
And it's like, no, sometimes you have to like actually look at what's going on in like the movie. And like, there's lots of stuff where like you watch it after hearing about it. You're like, oh, wait. Or like after not watching it forever, you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> here's what's actually going on. Right. You know, like fascist Gundam fans do not realize that Gundam that, you know, Zeon is actually fucking evil because they're just looking at the imagery and stuff that Zeon has. And, you know, cat, you know, um. Char is an interesting character and all that. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, no, Tamino is very anti-war. You guys realize that, right? Or like how there's like some section of like, like not to bring up Steven Universe, but Steven Universe where like (laughs) a lot of people hit the button. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, a lot of people say that, oh, well, because, you know, Rebecca Sugar made the diamonds a you know sympathetic she's a fascist sympathizer and then like um there was this one internet youtube like reviewer that i can't remember her name i think it's princess weeks where she was like no it's a met like the whole thing's a metaphor for having a conservative family and the wish that your conservative family could understand you that you could make your conservative family understand you and become more empathetic like it is not you know somebody is a fascist sympathizer it's like no that's all a metaphor <laughs> yeah like a lot of the homeworld scenes in steven universe could just be like somebody who's like moved away coming home for like a holiday be like oh like i met some family members that like everyone hated like growing up and now really was like that they're super cool they're just like don't fit in and then slowly kind of like whittling down like your mom or like your like uncle or something right yeah Man, I need to finish that show. That's one show where I have like season six or future or the movie. Like I have like whatever happened after season five. Yeah, it, oh, I still have to finish future, but um, the movie was great. Uh, made me cry, of course. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, but yeah, just kind of using that as an example of like people do take things too literally or like. As we, you know, as we've noticed with kind of the WandaVision stuff over the past, like, two months is, like, um, people get really wrapped up in fan theories that they totally miss the text of the show. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's so weird that people are, like, now blaming the fact that it's, like, a weekly show with, like, that had some mysteries and be like, well, see, this is the problem of having, like, a weekly release show because people get too caught up in their fan theories to actually enjoy the show for what it is it's like no the weekly release schedule is not the problem (laughs) yeah people that are people have been doing this for years yeah um and like wandavision is not the first show to experience this problem where people didn't really enjoy the show for what like what it was saying because they were too caught up in like yeah oh what if reed richards shows up or what if like the the you know I, I don't know. Um, not to get into spoiling the latest episode. Um. It, it, it kind of reminds me of like why I think the cycle of Power Rangers fandom is the way it is because people just get caught up in the fan theories and what's going to happen next as opposed to just relax, enjoy maybe your fan theory a little bit, but don't like get so caught up that that's going to be canon that when it doesn't happen, you get pissed at it. Same thing happens in wrestling fandom, too, is people get really caught up in their fantasy bookings. And then when their fantasy bookings don't happen, even if like what's happening with it is actually pretty good. And and this is not just WWE problem. This is across the board. Yes. That, you know, they automatically are like hate it. And it's like, 
okay, but what did what made you think what you were thinking was going to happen actually happen was going to actually happen? I meant. No, yeah, like it seems like a big problem. Um, I'm not super into like the Power Rangers like fandom. Like I don't really like keep up, but it feels like almost every season when the season starts and it has its own storyline instead of connecting super strongly to like the meta narrative, people get pissed off at the season. It's something I've noticed. Uh, it's show. always been like that. It's always been like that. If I'm going to be perfectly honest yeah. with you, because I've been kind of really more into it around like two that like around 2004, 2005. Or just it's just the same cycle of just like they get caught up with the merit meta narrative and their theories and stuff like that. And when the show doesn't deliver that, all of a sudden it's like, well, this is awful. Mixed in with like a weird hatred whenever a company takes over with uh takes over the show. It's it's that was a weird thing to experience in 2004 was everyone just being like, well, di-. it's so weird to me, like Disney years are looked upon way more fondly. <laughs> Than they were when they were coming out. Like everyone hated it because it, you know, it's like, oh, well, Disney doesn't care about the show. And it's just like, I'm seeing echoes of that again. And it's just like, guys, just it's a kid's show for children. And I also seen people get mad at it being bring up that it's a kid's show for children. <laughs> That's a big thing people need to forget or like come to terms with. Like I try and say a lot, like, yeah, we're talking about a kid's show. You're also mad about a movie being recut based on something that wasn't there for a kid's movie for Justice League and like like some kid Star Wars like it's okay to like kid stuff mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. like you don't need everything that you like doesn't have to be like absolutely like groundbreaking cinematic television like <laughs> yeah you know yeah. You c- you're allowed to have an emotional reaction to like WandaVision or Steven Universe or you know whatever like it doesn't mean that like you have to justify that it's like you know high grand like it can be great television like nothing saying that it's not or like it can be kind of mediocre but like you're allowed to have an emotional reaction to it it doesn't have to be super highbrow for that to be allowed it can have greater maturity or storyline or characters than like high television like westworld like yeah, like two, two. I guess the two things I want to touch on that is like one, I ha- like to get on that topic. It was just like I remember telling someone it's like the reasons I like Iron Man and the reasons I like something like a Racerhead are two completely different things, and I'm fine with that. Uh, but the other is just like I guess I still am angry at the fact everyone got mad at like Simon, the producer, talking about how they don't have anything that you can read on screen to be a plot point because of kids and people just took it as it's going to be immature and whatnot. And I'm like, that's a common thing in kids shows where they make it accessible because not every kid knows how to read. Yeah. And then like, I remember seeing somebody's reaction where they were just like, well, you know, it may be a kid's show, but the parents are the ones buying the toys. So they better actually make the show appealing to adults too. And it's like, have you ever met a parent, like, ever? My parents hated Power Rangers. Uh, Yeah, like, my mom famously hates Halloween, and she hates The Wizard of Oz. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, because when she was younger, the flying monkeys gave her nightmares. Ah. Um, But she was still, like, she didn't stop me from celebrating Halloween, and she knows Halloween's my favorite holiday. 
And she still took me to go see The Wizard of Oz on Ice when it was re-released in theaters because she knows I love the movie. So, like, yeah, parents put up with shit that they hate often because they love their kids. Yeah, ask me how many times I had to hear Let It Go when my daughter was a toddler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I kept buying her more and more toys that played that stupid fucking song. So, yes, I was doing it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it like, made like, her I know, happy. Like, exactly. Yeah, like, my dad took me to see the opening of the Mighty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. I know he wasn't that into Power Rangers, but he's like, well, it's opening day and this is a big deal for you. So I'm taking you. Aw. He was really into like rollerblading, though. So it like actually worked out, though, right? Yeah. Uh, he actually. <laughs> OK, so funny story. Um, <laughs> what did you do? Kid? Is, <laughs> <laughs> uh. My uh, my my parents did get us like the family a set of rollerblades because it was like we lived in a cul-de-sac and it was, you know, a thing we could do, you know, as a family. And my dad took my dog walking while rollerblading and my dad, my dog went up, like ran from the leash and went up uh, a name, a nickname for this hill when we were going on a bike was Killer Hill. Nice. Because it was like a very steep hill with a steep incline. And my dad had to like go down this incline on his rollerblades. Oh man. He, he, he wrecked and he's fine, but it's just one of those like, dad, what happened? It's like, Oh, well, I went down killer hill on my rollerblades. Cause the dog escaped. <laughs> <laughs> that was his no, chance yeah. to like totally make up a much cooler story about it too, though. Be like, uh, I thought it'd be cool is- to carry the dog down killer hill. no um speaking of dad what happened uh this week we're looking at mystic knights of tear nog a kind of forgotten um american tokusatsu show around um 1998 so let's take a quick break and let's come back to that We are back. This week we looked at Mystic Knights of Tear to Nog, episodes one through six. Um, and also, um, if we had the time, uh, the uh, behind the scenes, which is also very cool. But uh, since people like the episodes, there is Legend of the Ancient Scroll, Tear to Nog, the Fire Dragon of Dare, the Tash Hound of Tembra, Ivar and the Sea Serpent, and the Wolf in the Rocks. So um, just let's go around. Let's say um, Steph, Jules, then Ashley. Um, what were people's thoughts on Mystic Knights of like Tiranog? Um, top level, I would say that I definitely enjoyed the music and the scenery. Um, and as a show, it was actually pretty cute. I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of like, I've heard so much mixed reaction to this, but I know like a lot of people who do remember the show love it. And I'm like, okay, well, is it going to be good or is it going to be like Masked Rider or something? And I'm like, I was pleasantly surprised. So really good. It was it was pretty solid, and you know uh, the scenery is great. I do agree with that. Um, it was very good that they went to Ireland to get film. So yeah, like that. That I guess it was more. I was pleasantly surprised by this. I yeah, I'm I'm about the same as because like you know like I know people have fondness for particular Saban shows for when they were younger, 
and they're not very good. Um, <laughs> but no, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. Like, it honestly reminded me a little bit more of like Xena than like mm-hmm. Power Rangers, if I'm being totally honest. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love that, you know, that they actually went to film in Ireland and that they used Irish actors. Um, so I think it gave it a little bit more. I not not authenticity is not the right word I'm looking for, but like, you know, it comes across way better than just sticking like an American actor in there and just having them fake their way through a really bad Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like it definitely feels like, um, in the original, like mighty war from the power Rangers, you could tell they got a bunch of like people who could like just do like five flips in a row right? and then had them act <laughs> versus this feels like they have a lot of actors and like in some of the stunts because of the costuming on the armor, which like I wish they probably should have like at some point upgraded the armor in like some way where like they could have stunt people in there because it definitely does hurt some of their action. But the acting here is super consistent. Like, yeah. And this cast, um, all four of them actually went on to be pretty successful. Um, yeah, they they I, I looked that up and I'm like, you know, they, they, you know, they will get bit roles in like Hollywood stuff. But when it comes to like uh, local television and film and even theater, uh, they're, they're doing really well. I think one of them ended up becoming like a professor in acting. So it's just like, yeah, very cool. Like it's the um, 90s, like American, like Toku thing where like the one cast is the girl becomes like the most successful one. And, and like um, Lisa Dwan who plays like Deirdre um, has had like has had like a residency um, at Columbia and currently is in one at like MIT and is like super known for like being one of the best actors for like Samuel Beckett like stuff so it's just like oh and like um, like Vincent Walsh like who plays like Angus is like a pretty consistently like I'm gonna be like a villain or I'm gonna be like a hey like random dad like in like a show like um Justin Pierre, like, who plays Ivar, is like a lot of like cool bit roles of like, I was in something for four episodes or like that. And like, um, Lachlan O'Mirahan, I'm not going to pretend that was right, is like on Outlander <laughs> right now. So like, they're all like in their mid to late 40s and active actors, which isn't the case for a lot of like the actors from this time as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ashley, I think you brought up Xena, and I just remember, like, remember the commercial, because one of the things we watched had, still had the commercials in it. <laughs> uh, caught up only in that motorcycle pass, I'm sorry. Um, but one of the commercials uh, they had in it was um, was for Young Hercules, so it, it definitely, I think they were trying to uh, get that feel right. of Young Hercules, Xena, and, and, um, and all that to kind of sell the show. Yeah, because, like, Xena started in, yeah, 1995. So, like, and it was a big hit on syndicated television. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, yeah, of course they would be trying to, like, kind of get that money as well as, like, kind of the Power Rangers money, too. I did feel like Deirdre was, like, actually for, like, the what they were going for, she wasn't actually dressed that bad. She was basically wearing, like, a one-piece and, like, some leather skirts. Could have been much worse. Yeah. Like, it sure. didn't look terrible. I still wanted her to have some like leggings on because it looked yes. like it was really breezy and it's just like, oh, I bet you're cold. <laughs> also, uh, 
while the 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 construction, I I'm not one to know construction of things very well, but even I could catch that the construction of it was just like uh-huh. <laughs> kind of not great. I mean, I think they spent most of the money to like actually go to Ireland, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and hire them, yeah. <laughs> and her armor honestly made her look more naked too, because she was like less covered. It felt like. <laughs> yeah, because it had that weird skirt kind of yeah. thing, mm-hmm. and it's like maybe you should have like maybe based a little bit more on Xena, but you know I can't tell you how to do your job. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was weird that her mask was the only one that didn't have uh, like a mouth covering. Hers was just wide open. Yeah, I did notice yeah. that. I was like, what? Why does everybody else get to protect their face, but not her? Especially because they have like cool like face plates that like retract. I know. Just give I her a real that. face. That was so neat. And it has like a futuristic like sound too, which is odd. <laughs> but no, um I um actually was in the full spirit. I um have like the last of some Guinness in my cup. I was um I made some corned beef and like cabbage overnight. So it's like a very like Irish like feeling, but no, just um <laughs> I was waiting to see how far you were going to take that. No, um, it's the kind of thing like a courtier. I'm like, oh, I should like lean into holidays a little bit because I can't not. Uh, but no, um, just I do really love um how well this show actually does with um just feeling like it's trying to like fit into that trend though because like you have stuff like highlander and like braveheart around this time too like Mm -hmm. this feels like it's trying to like catch a wave or like be the next thing on like a trend and it wasn't like they planned for like a like second show which has some cool planned stuff but never came to be like it had like a full-on like toy line and stuff like mystic knights battle thunder and like new characters but it didn't like work out for them oh that's unfortunate it seemed like it had a lot of potential it's something that uh, I like thought about. It's like because it does suck, uh, but I, I also like weirdly understand like wanting to go with Power Rangers, Lost Galaxy, which was going to be like a very expensive show, and Power Rangers was already a known brand. But the fact that they were kind of going with this unknown thing called Digimon yeah. and decided to dub that was just kind of like wow that that was kind of weird. <laughs> that well, was Pokemon was big, yeah. So maybe it was like. Let's try and catch that Pokemon wave. Yeah, let's let's, <laughs> let's grab this uh, show from uh, Japan and dub it. And uh, it was very successful, uh, but it was just kind of like, it, it was one of those like, will it be successful things? And it it, it kind of is cheaper, particularly back in that day to produce a dub. Mm-hmm. And like something um, like too is that um, I don't know. Um, I don't know how well they would have been able to like, maintain this cast because like they seem to think they would have but like they all like immediately did things after this like this like does kind of seem like bigger and better things were like in their future as far as like their careers so like if they wanted to do the full-on like let's do season two with the same cast that would have been hard for them right yeah yeah and like in their toys they have um liam the thunder knight and then there's also like this um weird listing for like shannon like the swamp knight who would say like death below me and had like metal like armor and i was like that would be cool as hell i, but, like, I, I want to see that one <laughs> i mean especially because yeah. irish mythology especially gets into like the because like when, whenever they usually refer to a place called the under like people think oh the underworld hell and it's like no it usually means like under the ocean 
So, like, having, like, death before me and, like, having, like, you know, creatures rising out of the swamp, it's like, okay, yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. Yeah. The part of it, too, is this kind of does seem like it has, like, a lot of the indicators of a franchise that could go over here, like, the way they say, like, fire within me and stuff. Like, that's a perfect call. They have weapons. They have armor. Like, they're in different timelines. Like, I'm wondering if, like, they just had, like, a season where, like, and then we got transported to Brooklyn in like 1995. <laughs> and we hung out there. They'd like, like do fine, you know? So what do people think of um, the cast though? Like the actual like characters? Cause I personally really liked them. I did. Too. I really did. Yeah. Like- same here. Uh, one of the things uh, I kept, cause I tweeted about it. It was just kind of like, for me, it was just how high fantasy nerds kind of will always go on their racist crutch. Of, well, black people shouldn't be in your fantasy setting because Europe, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, they have a black person here. Doesn't really break the thing. (laughs) Neither does the bad CGI break the immersion either. So it's true. I love how they say he's across the sea, but that he's clearly also like British. So like, (laughs) that was like very funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, They just like, don't bother with an accent. Maintain being British. Right. (laughs) He's British across the sea, not like an African prince, which was like would have sucked if they did that. Oh yeah. Um, I, I well, to be fair, Britain is technically across like a sea from Ireland. So. Yeah, yeah. Just not I mean. a very big one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I also I told Ashley last night. It's like I like Angus. He's my garbage boy. Oh yeah, he's the <laughs> biggest garbage boy on the show. Because like everybody likes to remind him how much of a garbage boy he is. It's like, look, another garbage son for me to have. Yeah, because of. Mostly, I was just like, why are you trying to take gold from the she? Like, you know better than this. (laughs) (laughs) And he kept proving that, no, he doesn't. (laughs) No. I am very adamant that um, if you um, had this out and available on, like, Netflix, or even just, like, if it had come out 10 years later, this would have been, like, a major hit. Like, there's something just very, like... Three characters that I picked up were um like Deirdre, Maeve, and like Angus, where I was like, people would have loved these like characters. And like I made a fad cam for Angus just to prove the point. <laughs> so that's like um something I'll like um retweet at, at like some point. But like, yeah, these characters are so I, I think you're right. Exactly and people I want. think one of the thoughts that I had when I started watching the first episode was it has a lot of the same elements that are in like D and D campaigns. And now that that's like so widely popular in a way that it wasn't before, um, I think a lot of this is all things that people, maybe if they don't even have like a real good grasp on mythology, would still be like, oh, I recognize that. You know, it probably would survive a little bit better right now. Yeah, like I imagine that like maybe if like if Hasbro was just like, hey, we're going to release like mystic knights of tirna nog on our youtube channel like what they're doing with power rangers mm. like what they're doing with, like slow rollout with power rangers now and like one you'd have like the super hardcore crowd that still remembers the show uh would flock to it but then also like you know people who like are discovering the show like we are like would be able to more easily say like hey you know you should go watch this because i was talking to my writers group um so I just have like a group of friends that we're all writers and but mostly we have our group chat to kind of just what you do in group chats to just, you know, shit post. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they're all 
based around the world and like we all have like a real interest in celtic mythology um you know that's true for all of us and so i just i mentioned in the group chat today because we were talking about like edinburgh and all of that and they were talking about you know friday nights in edinburgh and i was just like okay this is really unrelated but i'm watching like this what i can only describe as like an irish power rangers right now it's kind of weird but (laughs) and then immediately like um uh, elena and ally elena being uh, based in nova scotia now and ally being based in um uk i think she's in manchester uh we're just like tell us about this show because <laughs> i must go and watch it <laughs> and i'm like well i got good news and bad news <laughs> <laughs> good news is you can find it pretty easily on youtube but the bad news is is that it's not officially streaming anywhere and those like what you're gonna find on youtube are really bad home vhs rips <laughs> i mean if you've got a nostalgia for old commercials it's not too bad right yeah. <laughs> like i completely forgot about that raccoon yeah that, that raccoon yes. from a snowboard oh and God. i was like this is a memory thing yeah. right here and was- i laughed way too hard at that all over again just like i did when i was 10 <laughs> like Where's the cream filling? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this ran for 50 episodes, which is a lot just to be like, oh, that just exists somewhere. And like it did the whole thing where it um had like a fifth night of like four show up. It had like a power up for the Red Ranger or the Red Knight, you know, like it had like a villain who had similar powers named Lugad, who I'm going to find a picture of this guy. Actually, he's a new kind of guy. But no, I'm um, like. I really um, do think the theming works. It's kind of hokey, but in the best way, I think. And like they were actually taking is I'm very using it very loosely here, but they did try to base some of the things on Irish mythology. Mm-hmm. Like Lugod is actually a, a, a figure in Irish mythology. And then like uh, Maeve is also a figure, but she's more of like a, you know, she's, uh, what is it that one of my Irish friends said? Uh, he's like, all you need to know is that Queen Maeve is actually a bad bitch and the show did her dirty. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of a bad bitch in the show, amazing. though. amazing. That's the best description of something I've ever heard. Yeah, and then, like, I looked it up later. It's like, not, like the, the main is, as much as I get into Irish mythology, I still can't pronounce shit. Um, but, like, the main is a character that comes in later and she's partially, like... In some versions of the tale of the Morrigan, she is like part of the Morrigan, and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, like, it's like a lot of stuff. Like, oh, this person was actually they were married, and now there's like her dad, kind of thing, like that kind of stuff. It's right. a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and and yeah, the thing just... is with, with Irish mythology is that like, yeah, like okay, so it's based off of a version of it, but which version you don't know because this was all like. <laughs> oral tradition anyway and very lot a whole lot of it was written down yeah and um i we because of the versions we had uh were able to sample the american opening and the german opening and like the american opening is like very normal fare like mystic nights but the german version is like this sweeping like mystic nights are gonna save your life children cry in the night it's like oh this is great yeah apparently like, it was a decent hit in germany like n- enough to give it an actual dvd release there only one <laughs> yeah and it's only place they got it yeah it's like it's like the whole thing about like 
Phantom of the Paradise only being a hit in France and Winnipeg. <laughs> swear to God, like, this is why Daft Punk are like, they were, like, huge Phantom of the Paradise fans, because Phantom of the Paradise was a hit in France. <laughs> oh, so Steph just posted a bunch of, like, character, like, McDonald's toys or, like, simple toys. Um, and there's one of them it, that's just, like, a dude, like, flexing and i don't know who he is at all and it's perfect i love that about that whole set of toys just looks so intense i love it i think it's supposed to be that like one kind of creepy fairy that gave may her powers oh okay that's a good call yeah yeah i don't know he's like he looked kind of gross you know (laughs) (laughs) the dark king miter yeah miter i think is his name okay yeah and um so i actually think the plot of the episode's is cool like i like that they have to get their weapons and their armor and stuff because like it's very clearly like doing the hero's journey like who are my parents like what's my lineage thing with like ronin uh or or like rowan not ronin that's a different thing uh (laughs) and um he's like fine as a character like he's a main character he could be a lot worse honestly he's very much like hero lad yeah yeah I am hero boy. <laughs> and it's like your your garbage friend is way more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like his garbage friend, Deirdre, who doesn't take anybody's shit, and then Ivar, who's got like this whole like conflicting journey like journey inside of him where he's like, yeah. you know, help my friends in Kells or like find like the treasure that was stolen from my kingdom. The actor who plays him just wears those emotions so well, too. Right. Yeah. One thing with Angus, though, is that, like, he's presented, like, as this, like, a lot of people, like, give him shit. He's, like, he starts, like, the first episode, like, or, like, midway through is in jail. He's just, like, they put me in jail for, like, for stealing food, but I had, like, an empty stomach. And, like, he's, like, singing, like, in, like, a cell. It's, like, oh, like, you're, like, the butt of the joke. You were, like impoverished and couldn't eat <laughs> like that's important you know yeah and it's like <laughs> like they keep getting mad at like um rohan for like having a friend that like is poor and a thief and it's like well clearly like he sees something good in him if like he hangs out with him all the time also he might be a thief because he's not getting fed you ever thought yeah. of that yeah, yeah. King, you might want to do something about that and like um like there's that point later where like um Deirdre says like Ivar, don't worry. I can trust you because we're both we're both royalty. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're both, both right. royalty. That was, that was weird. Yeah, it's like, yeah. huh. And like I like don't super get why he's the leader. Like, I get that like there's the Wookiee life debt. I get that like one of them's like a thief, but like also like they could have totally done like even like a year or two later is like Power Rangers like time force. Like just make her like the leader, but he's like the chosen one. So like he like leads like the charge or whatever you know right <laughs> whatever you want to do mm-hmm. make make him her meat meat shield exactly <laughs> yeah that's a very good way to put that yes yeah we hadn't quite gotten the buffy ripple yet at yeah, this point so like fair. i feel like yeah if it had been made about like the thing is is that like okay I don't know if it would have worked in 2000, but like if it had wor- like if they had done it in 2000, then like maybe we would have gotten like, you know, similar to Jen and Wes with uh, mm-hmm. Rohan and Deirdre. But like also like ah, the 
kind of the Irish, like Irish Scottish, like fad in TV and movies was kind of going away at that point. So I don't know if it worked in 2000 versus like 1998. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it had come out like five years later or five years earlier, they probably would have done like the whole like one episode filmed like in Ireland and then then they're like transported like a type kind of thing. Like that's probably like how they would have saved that money. But because like this was also like peak like the power of like Saban because like they just had a couple of really good years of Power Rangers. They'd had like some projects like they had like their mass were to me felt like how in the power rangers movie they were trying to have their mask be open and like for this show they're like let's like try that again too it's like this feels like when they had a lot of like stuff to try and they wanted to expand versus like later on where they became more like conservative mm-hmm. yeah like this was definitely a point where they had a lot of money and they were like trying to like make another power rangers hit happen so they were just trying like more interesting things beyond like just doing what they did with VR troopers and just, you know, try just make just repeat the Power Rangers formula. Grab grab whatever Toei gave us and uh make it into a show. Cause I think Big Bad Beetleborgs was also out at this point too. Yeah. And then like because that was that was part of who beat up Turbo in the raising ratings. Right. And then like Miss like when did Masked Rider come out again? It was um Oh. I'm gonna find season three of Power Rangers because of that crossover. I'm looking it up right now. Hang on. Because I know it would like the season three was 95. Okay. So yeah, 95. Okay. Well, that ran out of footage, which might have been why they did this. Because they're like, oh, wait, Beetleborgs came out. That ran out of footage, like for like another company. And then like we had Master Rider ran out of footage. Like Sentai's going strong. Maybe the only way to have another one of those is to make it ourselves. Yeah, which I think might have also been kind of the thought process behind Los Luchadores as well when it came out. Um, because it was a bit more of an action show than a Sentai, like, Sentai Toku show. Um, but, like, it, I think the, still the same thought process was there of just, like, well, let's just do it all in-house. But, like, I think, one, it didn't do that well on Fox Kids, but also it was, like, the, it was, like, the last live-action production they did. Um before like before the like the company got sold off so like and since saban couldn't do any more children's television for like a a period of time after that like yeah i can kind of understand why you know los luchadores is kind of just one of those like really forgotten shows there's always tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills which i posted that is incredible yeah um (laughs) if you want to not search this yourself you probably shouldn't look at this but it's a bunch of like leather outfits and masks on a bunch of teens and it just very sexually charged every time i see a picture from tattoo teenage alien fighters from beverly hills i think it's a porn parody of (laughs) power rangers incredible what's that movie where like the girl goes in the mirror to like get some berries to save her grandmother's life because her grandmother's old I'm trying to think, and there's like duck people. That's what this looks like to me. I might be like making something up, but hey, like there's some like was that another fever dream, Kip? No, it's it's real. <laughs> I'm like what? I'm like uh, duck people. Like the only thing I could think of with any sort of live action duck people is Howard the Duck. Yeah, that was my thought too. But no, Howard the Duck had a very different plot. Magic in the mirror is, is what I'm thinking okay. of. Oh, Magic in the okay. I don't, I don't know if I ever heard of this one. 
I don't think I have either. It was kind of like a low budget take on like doing like never ending story. And this like six year old girl went into like a mirror in her house in order to get like eternal life berries from the mirror world. And had, and there were like some like ducks that wanted to take over the world through the mirror. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, I'm looking at <laughs> now and uh, I think they just took ducks from the set of uh, set of Howard the Duck. <laughs> Yeah. Incredible. Well, uh, when I see two ducks having sex, my muscles involuntarily flex, personally. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, um, one other thing is there is some stuff in this that does you feel the CG and like this show had so much ambition. I get <laughs> that the CG wasn't there and that filming on location cost a ton and that like it limited what they could do with like stunt work. When they had like the weird like FMV fight scenes with like the bat jumping like bar, <laughs> have like one animation, uh, but it was like a lot of fun like to see what they tried even if they didn't succeed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. A lot of stuff that did kind of look like more fetishy than they meant it to. Like there's a scene where like Angus gets like shrunk down, and I was like, this the quality of this just reminds me of like weird stuff I'd find as like a young masturbator. I was like, what's this? I gotta like get away from here. <laughs> or what was it? Ashley, I found these really weird this one night I found this like really weird uh Photoshop Vore art involving Nikki Bella and, and like AJ oh, Lee. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, I forgot like one of them shrinking me- down. I'd forgotten that until you mentioned it, so thanks. <laughs> Of like <laughs> she had it blocked out of her head and you like, brought it back out <laughs> of how they like obvious did this bad photoshop quality and then the person was also foot fetish person oh man oh uh, yeah <laughs> of course this was, this was on deviant art of course i mean where else would it reside <laughs> it's in the name that's deviant. fantastic no uh, <laughs> that's great no um and also they're constantly like picking there's this one scene where they're picking like thorns out of his butt and all three of them are like looking at his butt as they're doing it one of my notes was why do things keep happening to angus's ass yes (laughs) yeah they and i i I told ashton like that that boy's definitely gay be gay do crimes and they definitely are like let's constantly have stuff happen to his butt (laughs) just to reinforce that idea like the whole thing where he lost his pants. I'm just like, I know. <sighs> oh my goodness! I was like, wow, they got away with a lot in kids' shows back then. But it's not as fetishy as Totally Spies. Oh I no! I mean, nothing what? is really? as fetishy as Totally Spies. <laughs> is that fetishy? I never watched that super close. That was just on sometimes. What What's going on there? Is everything uh, very? Very horny French people uh, putting their <laughs> nice. like age inflation and uh, like you can Google it <laughs> and you just like all the random kinks that are there. Like inflation's a big one. Uh, oh, no. Definitely my control kind of stuff dealing with teenagers is like, wow, bro. And I'm guessing you don't mean economic inflation. No, <laughs> sadly. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. I love how I'm Googling this for everyone. There's lots of horny stuff at the time, too. Like, Winx Club was, like, weirdly horny or, like, weirdly, like, the way it presented people in, like, weird outfits. Bratz was a weird thing, too, like, a couple years later. Mm-hmm. 
we've kind of had a push to desexualize children's media a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely it's one of those things where like you go back to something that like at the time you're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I think that was um yeah, I think I just I I remember like that about because I remember watching a little bit of Twi- Totally Spies when I was younger, and then I you know get older, and then find out that like oh there's a whole bunch of like weird fetishes that were on <laughs> the, yeah. the show book fetish mummification buried in sand all clover all this is a detailed chart oh my mm. goodness yeah it it there like people have done charts on this and I just remember like Kurt was the one that pointed this out to me I think. Like last year, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" The kids show. And he's like, "No, like really look it up." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Cross dressing, girl, album, cowgirl outfit, disco outfit, spacesuit, lab coat, janitor clothes, night armor, bunny suit, queen outfit. What? Oh my goodness! I don't know. That's like a, a lot. lot. <laughs> Breast enlargement. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know how they do that in a way that passes the censors at that point. <laughs> That's incredible. It's also the kind of thing where, like, let's say you have, like, if there are two TV shows um, and they both have non-fetish disco outfits involved, if one of them doesn't have to say it's a non-fetish disco outfit, it comes off as, like, a fetish disco outfit versus the other one's, like, not doing all these crimes (laughs) and, like, can get away with, like, just having somebody in, like, a disco outfit. Because, like, that's a long list of issues. (laughs) The long list of horniness. (laughs) I mean, some people, even if it's not post- supposed to be horny, will still find the horny in it. And this is how I found out that um, <laughs> garbage picker clothes. Yeah, not garbage. Yeah, garbage picker clothes. I'm like, that's I've never heard of that one, but okay. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, so when I was trying to track down Los Luchadores, uh, just so I had like I had a playlist available for whenever we do care, uh, cover oh, on the no. podcast. <laughs> Um, I did find somebody had it on YouTube, but they didn't have it in a playlist. So I'm like, oh, well, let me go on their channel and you know, just put all the videos in a playlist. Um, <laughs> the channel it was on was just filled with videos of people in movies and TV shows sinking in quicksand. What? Okay. I'm like, okay, you do you. As long as you're not being like, as long as you're not setting creepy. out sand traps for people. Yeah, as long as you're not setting yeah. out sand traps <laughs> or you're not dragging anybody into your fetish that doesn't want to be dragged into your fetish. Yeah. But, um... An issue with this particular one, but yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like, okay then. And, like, later to come to find out, like, there is an episode of Los Luchadores that involves sinking in quicksand. So I'm just like, did this person just track down Los Luchadores for this one episode involving quicksand and it was just like hey this series is actually kind of cool let me upload it onto my youtube channel for all <laughs> okay. yeah i don't know but i love that you have a whole headcanon about this person now yeah i don't because i know nothing <laughs> else besides the fact that they apparently have a sinking and quicksand fetish or they have curated a video for other people with sinking and quicksand fetishes i don't know what their deal is but <laughs> Thank you, random quick set fetish person. We love you for preserving Launch Lucid Doris. <laughs> Which is also why when I was watching like uh, Mystic Knight, I was like, Ashley does a quicksand part in that. I was just like, no. <laughs> Look at my works. <laughs> Spare. Uh, damn, yeah. And 
So I posted a character from Los Luchadores 2 who like definitely fits into a lot of marks having like blonde pigtails and like a lucha mask and just yeah, people be horny. Yeah, people be horny is basically all you can really say about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this dude's spiky hair is a lot. Okay. Um, I can't look at that show. Um <laughs> that was definitely high on my list. There was a point where you showed me careless of things and I was like, Los Luchadores looks great. And I was like, nope. I have to stay true. I can't I can't follow that quicksand. That. <laughs> well, if you do make a video of it, apparently it's pretty popular on some guy's YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I was saying before we started, like maybe I'd turn like Comrade to me into like a like daily show with like five minute episodes that just had like randomly generated different titles, like Common Rider Kuga's like a trad wife or whatever, or like yeah, like you know, um, environmentalism. It's kink shaving. I'm not sure how that would be Toku, but I just try. Just put up a different um, Kip hot take every day. Yeah, just like randomly generated somehow. Like it makes some like really bad like AI. <laughs> to be fair, Godai does know how to cook and clean. Yeah. <laughs> Many talents. And he does like to wear those nice leather pants. Yes. Which is <laughs> I think the best kind of the best kind of argument is one had when you have no proof and you don't believe it. But um, that's <laughs> just me on the internet. But no. Um, so this show, a lot of fun. Uh, very interesting. The fact that it went for, for, for like 50 episodes, had some suits, had some casting, um, had plans for their, like that second season. It's a weird what if, um, but also with everybody coming out of it better off and like most of the main cast doing pretty well. Like even like the... Um, fifth night dude is in some bit stuff was like in like two or three episodes of like the tutors so it's like okay that's cool it did well enough maybe not for like Haim Saban but that's fine uh things don't have to work out for him right (laughs) yeah he's got a billion dollars at the end of the day so you could say anything you want about somebody that has like a like billion dollars as long as you say allegedly afterwards you're fine but no, uh, that, that's what Jesus and Mero have taught me. <laughs> yeah, like family guy taught me the same thing. Oddly enough, <laughs> Eli Musk allegedly does cocaine. <laughs> like allegedly, allegedly. I, what is it that I was because I was rewatching the John Oliver bit about slap uh, lawsuits recently. And like he opens the bit with literally like like lawsuits. It's why um, it's why the word allegedly is in the phrase. Greta Thunberg allegedly killed Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my goodness. I mean, allegedly, they're destroying Lola Bunny's breaths in, in Space Jam 2. <laughs> Is that how that works? It's, I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, you did it perfectly. You nailed yep. it. Did it very perfectly. And, and to prove my point, I'm going to put this, like, fetish art Beside the current Lola Bunny to prove it, but I'm not going to say it was fetish art that, that I found on the internet. It's alleged fetish art you found on the internet that you allegedly alleged found on allegedly. the internet. Yeah. Alleged fetish art. Allegedly, I care about Lola Bunny's body. Allegedly, I also found this fetish art. Allegedly, I'm out of <laughs> socks. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. 
Allegedly, I, I was allegedly for I'm it. a furry. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly, I was looking for it for scientific purposes. Allegedly, I mean to be fair, um, masturbation science, but uh, the most important is that's sciences. what I learned at school. <laughs> that makes me sound like way different than I meant it to. Actually, that makes me sound like I was like masturbating at school. Um, no, <laughs> or um, that you took a course on it. Yeah. Either way, it's distressing. <laughs> no, um, I think it's definitely like a. Sp- a spectrum, a scale, and everybody's a little bit of a furry. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. It's just with the little bunny stuff, it's just like, I think it's people that don't want to admit that they're kind of furry. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're looking at, like, somebody on OnlyFans wearing, like, cat ears or, like, a little, like, bunny costume. You're the 12% of furry, whatever. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's fine. No one's gonna judge you. It's the internet now as opposed to the internet it was back then. Everyone knows people have weird fetishes. Yeah. yeah. It's all out in the open now. You're not allowed to yuck people's yum. I mean, you can occasionally, but like... Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's some I'm not yums. gonna make yeah, that just like, to, yeah. in all cases. Right. <laughs> Once in a while, like, you get one where you're like, yeah, you can't... Nope. No, sorry. Uh, can't do that one. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Gotta gonna go ahead and yuck one. that one. Yep. Yep. But no, um, and that is Mystic Knights of Tear to Nog. Sometimes you gotta yuck somebody's yum. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson for today, kids. But yeah, it, it's a surprising show. Uh well acted, people did well afterwards, uh trying to, to do a lot of things. The first fully filmed in Ireland. And <laughs> actually had a TV lot of show. really good dialogue, I thought. You know, a lot of those can kind of get sort of cheesy, especially when they're fighting with their uh their nemesis, but I thought that the lines were really good in it for the most part. For for a 90s Saban television show, it is actually pretty decently written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, again, it's just like this pleasant surprise after diving into Masked Rider and VR Troopers and knowing what I've watched at Bad Beetle Barks. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh no, this is probably going to be terrible. I'm like, no, this is actually kind of pleasant. Like, it's still kind of cheesy, but it's a cheesy kid show at the end of the day and i like yeah it. like it, it's 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 xena for kids so like i mean not to say that kids didn't watch xena i know plenty of kids who watch xena um but like <laughs> you know it, it's like it, it's it's xena younger abilities more today. aimed at children and like yeah it's it's cheesy but i'm like okay i can i can actually tolerate this versus like oh god do i have to continue to hear about like uh Ryan Steele's like missing father for the 50th episode in a row. <laughs> Ryan, oh I hate to split up the group steel. <laughs> Let me um just uh, go ahead before I forget and speak on your point about Xena. That show may have been how some of us figured out we liked girls as kids too. So I mean, yes. There were definitely some, yeah. <laughs> some kids watching it. That, that is like the biggest thread I've seen of uh women love women type people is just like Xena. You watched uh, like a little bit or was really obsessed with Xena. And I'm like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I definitely watched some Xena as a kid. I did. I didn't like watch enough of it to realize that like, Oh, I'm, I'm queer, but like <laughs> I, I see Lucy lawless and I'm just like, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're also more like a sailor moon one. Yeah. But then I also like, Saw like even though I wasn't watching wrestling at the time, I saw China at a very formative age. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> yeah, China rules. Yeah, like I heard that like Sailor Moon like made like a lot of people like, oh man, why do I want to be cousins of 
with her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like they seem very close. Oddly enough, I watched that one too as a kid. Go figure. Yep. There's there's overlap. <laughs> there's there's Venn definitely diagram. a trend there. Yes. Yeah. There, there there's a Venn diagram of like shows in the nineties that made girls gay. And <laughs> there's like, yeah, so there's a Venn diagram of Xena on one side. Sailor Moon on the other, and there's a very decent amount of overlap in the middle. I feel like that's absolutely 100% accurate. Um, don't at me if you feel like it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a perfect circle, but there's a decent amount of, like, crossover. Yeah. And don't feel bad about, like, um, if you're somebody who's not part of that, but has, like, a big influx of, like, Gullagal Island in your life at that time. Happens. <laughs> I worry about you so, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes i just say the first thing that came to my mind uh and that was another thing but no um so uh where do people find you when you're uh not talking about um well actually are sometimes talking about like toku <laughs> not here uh you could find me well you can find both of us on um for our podcast ranger splain that's at Ranger Splain on Twitter and Instagram. We should really use our Instagram more. Um, and then you can <laughs> find our show notes and links to wherever you want to listen to us um, at rangersplain.wordpress.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at under at Miss Kitty F. Um, I have a I have a link tree on my Twitter as well, as well as a pinned tweet where you can go find wherever you can find me on the internet. Uh, so where my shop is, where I sell masks and tote bags and zines, um, all of my various blogs, um, my itch.io shop where you can buy like my zines digitally. So yeah, I'm out there. You can find me. Uh, and then uh, I'm mainly on Twitter. I do have an Instagram, uh, J jackets, as well as one for my cats, witchcraft in cats. Uh, but uh, you can find me on Twitter mostly at sins2 as in the number two hell uh, and I have a link tree there it's uh, currently at the time of this podcast has um, li- like links to other things like ranger splain and uh, also some like wish list stuff because it's my birthday month uh, and but uh, also should be up by the time this podcast comes out. I'm doing like a like a soap and candle shop called Coda's Magical Crafts, and that should be linked there as well. Coda, very cool. Coda did not join us for this episode, but we do love Coda. He's been screaming a lot though to go out. Coda wants to open that forbidden door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Steph? Um, you can find me on Twitter at underscore hatsis, um, on Instagram at nobody much. Um, and my other podcast is called Bulldogs and Dragons Milestone Academy. Um, and we're working on trying to get a bunch of those uh, published since we got backed up on them, but trying to work through the issues now. So, um, and you can find me here with Kip every once in a while. Every other week, we got to cool system going Comrade Saber, and then <laughs> it's a little let's try something else yeah. <laughs> but no um you can find uh me on twitter.com at james forge you can find the podcast at comrade to me on uh twitter and instagram there is comrade there's comrade slash merch if you want to buy some merch uh there's some cool designs and the funds are going to the trevor to the trevor project um Hell yeah there is um also a comrade me slash episodes if you want to check out our cool backlog um and we have 
some bonus episodes are coming out like soon for um Comrade Zoe, Comrade J, and um for Daft Punk too. So we got a very fun little um extra extra stuff like coming up soon. So yeah. Oh and if you are one of our cool fans in uh the various places that randomly got us to like number 14 in in like Ireland or like number eight in like Denmark. Thanks. Uh that's cool. And um that's why today for Denmark we did this uh Mystic Nights episode. Oh uh <laughs> with that, um what we learned today? <laughs> that your grasp on geography is horrible. <laughs> I have learned that um uh, at least with the Mystic Night stuff, I have learned that not every Saban produced show that wasn't Power Rangers was terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, similar. And I just, I don't know if I learned, but it mostly reminded me, uh, don't mess with, fa- don't mess with the fairy. Yeah. I guess I learned that Denmark is Ireland's hat. <laughs> Not quite, but. <laughs> oh, okay. Huh. Um, Denmark is not Ireland's hat. No. Yes. Mixed messages now. No, Den- yes, Denmark is not Ireland's hat. Okay. And I was saying no in agreement with you. No, it's not. That's my new catchphrase for the podcast. No, Denmark is not Ireland's hat. All right. Uh, Make it the tagline everywhere. Thank you all for coming out. 